perfect example of that. By your son giving up his life so that we may have life. And we may be forgiven. Lord, continue to be patient with us. Many of us are at different stages of our, of our walks with you. Some of us in this room may not have a relationship with you. I pray for patience. Lord, we know that you are patient. Let us hear from you this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so just a recap. Last week we spoke about being salt of the earth and how it is a descriptor of all believers and not just professional ministers and missionaries. Uh, as a follower of Jesus, so if you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and you're in this room, uh, your first priority is to be salt. So you are a Christian who happens to work at being a manager. You are a Christian who is salt of the earth who happens to be a pharmacist. So, and the list goes on. So being salt isn't just up to Chris Perry or Stephen Bung or the children's workers or any of those people. It's everybody who has accepted Jesus Christ. You are to be salt of the earth. And you can do that through your profession. You should do that through your profession. And you should be good at what you do. Um, so that way you can set an example. Um, and so you are to be salt and light in your profession. All right? Um, God matters to you. Or excuse me. God matters to your work, and your work matters to God. Remember we talked about how believers function as salt by adding flavor to the world and by preserving the influence of good in the world. Second uh, Peter 3.9 says, The Lord is not slow about his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you not wishing for any to perish, but for all to come to repentance. So remember that being salt and being light, uh, specifically being salt, we are to preserve goodness in the world. Uh, we are supposed, we are here so that the darkness, will, will, when it overtakes, it will, it will be longer. We can preserve, and we're, so that way people can come to know Him as Lord and Savior. So, so there's opportunity for them. Um, one story I want to share with you is uh, Brian's not here this morning. He's actually working. I spoke with him, and I have the permission to share the story. Hopefully I get it correct. Uh, Monday, last Monday, so the day, after, day after our teaching, uh, Brian went to a call at 6.30 in the morning over on Main Street. And he responds to a guy that is being belligerent, uh, drunk, at 6.30 in the morning on Main Street, and is actually spouting off a lot of like spiritual things, almost kind of proclaiming Jesus, but he's doing it in a drunken state, right? And so Brian approaches him, ends up um, putting him in the car and arresting him, um, and speaking with him, and, and the guy keeps saying, hey, do you know Jesus? Do you know Jesus? And Brian's like, no, do you know Jesus? You know, he's like, just kind of getting irritated with, with him uh, in that moment. And then Brian says that he remembers Sunday morning about being salt in his job. So instead of just completely writing this guy off, taking him you know, to, to booking, um, he decides that he's going to help this person. So he writes down, uh, actually he, he talks with this person and says, hey, you need to go to the Nehemiah house. If you guys don't know about the Nehemiah house, uh, there's a group of men uh, that live there at a place called the Nehemiah house, part of the Union Rescue Mission. And they come here on Thursday nights for part of Regen. And they're going through the Regen program. And so... Um, Brian recommended this person um, go to the Nehemiah house, check themselves in, and, uh, and start coming to Regen. 
So he does that. He actually writes down all the information and puts it in his wallet. Uh, writes it down and puts it in the, in the gentleman's wallet. And Ryan was just like wanting him to be here Thursday. Like he was just so excited that this might happen. He didn't show up, but that's beside the point. The point is that Brian decided to be salt. He decided to be light in a situation where that, it's the same situation he sees all the time, right? Um, someone not respecting his authority or his job. And so he could have easily just not even said a word, just taken him down and wrote him off. But he didn't. Um, another cool part of the story, um, I'm not going to name any specific names, but that person actually has a ties, strong ties to Christ Church, the one that he arrested. And Brian, he said he never does this. After he books him, he gets on Google because this person's dad passed away, and so he's kind of verifying some facts and things that he's working. He puts him in a booking, he Googles him, and finds uh, some information about him. Gets on his Facebook page, and there's several of us listed as friends on the, on the, on the Facebook page. And so uh, he tells me the story, tells Becca the story, and like I said, just to protect somebody, I'm not going to name out who that was, but um, that person has ties back to here. And it's someone that we have been praying for for a very long time, and we know needs help. And so all that to say is you never know. And I'm thankful for Brian Pope for deciding to be salt, deciding to be light. It is a conscious decision. Automatically, his flesh was saying, no, I don't want to do this. But he made a conscious decision to do that. So what is, moving on for today, what is one way we can equip ourselves to be salt? We'll see if this works. Not very politically. That is to memorize scripture. All right? Uh, you don't have to raise your hands, but how many of you, just think to yourself, memorize scripture. How many of you uh, take the time out every day, every week, every month, every year to actually memorize God's word? Um, I would encourage you to do that. This is something that um, I honestly did not take seriously for many, many years of my life. Um, I just kind of flew by the seat of my pants and just kind of, you know, if it was something that I knew... Uh, that I struggled with, I would kind of memorize some verses that dealt with, with that subject, that particular subject, and then I would quickly forget them. Or I would be a part of a little accountability group, and we would memorize some verses, and then quickly forget them. Um, I would try to do it on my own. I would try to go out and memorize these random verses, and for me, it just wasn't working out. Um, and I later learned why. But if you were to ask me to play a song um, or sing a song, I could easily do that and recall lyrics. Most of us in this room can, are, can identify with that, right? You can take any song from your teenage years, no matter how old you are, you can hear the first few notes on the radio, and then you know the lyrics. And you may not even said those lyrics in 30 years, 10 years, 15 years, whatever it may be, but you're automatically just writing it. You're just writing it. Part of that's because of culture, pop culture, and when you, some people say, some experts say that it's during those teenage years where that music has such a huge impact on your life. And you memorize uh, just by listening. It's not even like you write it out and sit down and memorize the lyrics. Um, you guys remember when we used to have lyrics inside cases? <laughs> and artwork and everything was really good and you wanted to see who the different musicians were and all that information was right there in your jewel case or your cassette case. Eight track case, anybody? <laughs> 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 
other sources. Why do we live as if bread, we can live on breadcrumbs? I eat very healthily. You can see that. You know, there's several of us in this room that you know that are healthy, really healthy. I'm one of them. I I don't eat just crumbs. You know, there there are things that we have to have. God wants to give you life. God doesn't want you to just try and figure this out on your own by reading inspirational books or or just other or other books from other religions or just books that other people's knowledge have put out there. He wants to give you life. And if you desire life, then this should be the first place you go to is scripture. Okay? Now, memorizing scripture, not just being in it, but actually memorizing it, is a whole other level of giving you life. Um, and we'll look at that too. But uh, So we'll go on to number two here. Uh, growth in new life. Does everybody know what sanctification means? Does everybody know what it means to be to live in sanctification or that process? Does somebody want to just yell out loud and answer that? What is sanctification? Being purified. Being purified? Mm -hmm. Set apart. Set apart, yeah. It's the process by which we become more and more like who? Like Jesus. And more and more, there's a second part. We, we look more and more like Jesus, but we become more and more separated from the world. Who said that? Thank you so much. So the process by which we become more and more like Jesus Christ and more and more separated from the world. God's word gives us life and causes us to grow. Second Peter 3.18, be on guard so that you are not carried away by the error of unprincipled men and fall from your own steadfastness, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Um, you know, there's going to be a time where someone's going to approach you with false doctrine. They're going to approach you with false teaching or just false belief. And you've got to know, you may not have your phone. How many of us, I'm included, have forgotten a verse or just forgot a concept and you just Google it real quick? And then the first result that pops up, you hope, hope is the correct one because you got to give a quick answer. Anybody? Okay. Yeah, it's just... I've been there, I've done that. Um, and that's kind of embarrassing, believe it or not. Uh, because I don't, when there's something that I claim that I know, there's something that I claim to believe in, that I claim gives life, but yet I'm not intimate with it. I'm not intimate. Memorization, I believe, is a key component to discipleship. Very key component. Uh, there are several guys that I meet with, and memorization is part of discipleship. It's part of what we do. Uh, we don't get together and just talk about the hogs. Definitely don't talk about the hogs today. Um, but we don't, we don't talk about those things. We have a very specific purpose, and that is to memorize Scripture together, talk about Scripture, and talk about God's Word. John 17, 17, sanctify them in truth, in the truth. Your Word is truth. Number three, we are able to fight sin. Ephesians 6.17, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Psalm 119, your word I have treasured in my heart that I might not sin against you. How many of you all struggle with sin? And I, I don't mean just like, oh yeah, every now and then, you know, yes, we all 
sin, you know, if we say we're without sin, we're a liar. I'm not talking about just that. I mean, how many of you have a habitual sin that you struggle with? You don't have to raise your hand. But I want you to think, why can't you overcome that sin? Why is it something you constantly go back to? Why is it something that the dog always goes back to and eats its vomit? Why do you always go back to that? Are you memorizing scripture? Are you in scripture? And are you memorizing scripture? Okay? I feel like sometimes I'm up here just like pointing fingers at you guys whenever I'm teaching. But this is something that's so important. It is so important. If you want to be salt, if you want to be light of the world, you've got to have tools in your toolbox to be able to do that. One of those is memorizing scripture, prayer. There are many disciplines that we as Christians need to partake in in order to become holy, to become righteous, to become sanctified. And as we discussed last week, are we going to be perfect? No, because Christ came. He already brought the kingdom, but not yet fully, right? And so we won't see that perfection until the day he returns. But I want you all just to see that memorization is something that we have to be a part of. We have to be doing as a church. Number four, our worldview changes from secular to heavenly. Romans 12, verse 2, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Sounds like memorization to me. So that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. Matthew six nineteen. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroy where thieves do not break in or steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. We need to build up the church. It's for your benefit, not just you personally, but it's for the benefit of the body of Christ. Colossians 3.16, Let the word of Christ richly dwell within you with all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Um, you guys, for most of you, and you've been here for a little while, three years ago, I took a trip uh, with Mason Collar, Matt Collar, Marcus Perez, who's on the North Little Rock SWAT team, uh, another guy named JT, and that's his name, isn't that right? JD. JD. I don't really know. He lives in Dallas, so that's okay. Or Texas. Um, and then Caleb Harris, and this, all of us went to Glacier National Park. Now, you see me, I don't do well in Glacier National Park. <laughs> as far as maybe food, but as far as hiking, we did 37 miles total um, over the span of three days. And the time that we spent uh, seeing God's creation, and we stayed at a place called Lincoln Lake, it is the most beautiful place I've ever been. And it's a glacier fed lake. Um, from another lake up above, Lake McDonald, I believe is what it was, and then the glacier above that. I mean, just crystal clear. You can see to the bottom. You can see trout swimming around at something you know, like 30 feet easily. And the time that I had with those guys, <clears throat> I was the slow one of the bunch, um, but they encouraged me so much. Mason, I remember when we were camping in, we hiked in 10 miles, and the last easily three, four miles. Mason stayed back with me while the other group went up. And he would just kind of, you know, be up ahead of me and he'd stop and wait. And I'd catch up, my leg would cramp. I'd 
sit there and kind of push out the cramp and everything. And Mason never once, I, was, I kept apologizing. I kept apologizing. Chris, what you were saying, telling us yesterday at dinner, reminds me of my church and how it's like, I'm the weak one here. I'm the weakest link. Uh, it's not fair to these guys that I have to be here and slowing them down. But they kept just um, just encouraging me. So you can do it. You can do it. So that trip was an amazing experience. But a year and a half ago, um, I started meeting with Matt and Mason and a few other guys. And we started memorizing scripture together. The time and the bond that we have had over the last year and a half, for me, outweighs that trip and the camaraderie that we had on that trip because it was centered around scripture and there's something about that whenever you are around each other and you're encouraging each other in life and you're hearing each other memorize and recite and say God's words and give life that we truly believe give life there's something about that and then whenever you show up and you say I don't quite have it down this week it's okay and so you have people there that are helping out. Um, so like I said, the last year and a half of my life has been uh, just much better off, even from that trip to Glacier, which was beautiful and, and amazing. So God, the things that God has to offer tremendously outweigh what the world has to offer. Number five, memorization allows us to confidently and accurately present the gospel. Romans 10, 17. So faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. Could you, if you didn't have your phone or if you didn't have a device or your physical Bible, could you give the gospel presentation? Would you be able to tell someone how they can know the living God? Some of you nodding your head, some of you not. I'm just challenging in that. Memorization is key. It's not just for these um, reasons of being able to say we've memorized something, but it is to give you life. It is to help you grow. It's to help you fight sin. And it's to help you change your mind from secular views to heavenly views. And it's to allow you to accurately share the gospel. 1 Peter 3.15 But sanctify Christ as Lord in your hearts. It's memorization. Always being ready to make a defense to everyone who asks you to give an account for the hope that is in you, yet with gentleness and reverence. All right. Brandon, please next one. Here's some excuses, right? You don't have to raise your hand or say you identify with one of these. We might, we'll have an opportunity to do that if you really want to, if you want to share. But I want to these, this was me. You remember last week I told you that I get angry sometimes when someone calls me a liar or someone calls me, you know, says I'm not trustworthy, and then I followed it up by saying that's because I used to be a liar. <laughs> and because there's something that I've worked so hard to change, and then for someone to question that can be really, can really hit your pride, and really has hit my pride. And so I've had to deal with that. But when we have excuses for memorizing God's, for not memorizing God's word, we need to address what those are. So let's kind of go through here. Uh, I don't have a good memory. I used to think that, but that's not true. Our, our capacity to memorize things is amazing. We talked about memorizing songs. You can do it, but you just have to prioritize. You have a good memory. There's no one in here, I believe, that, that would fail if they just put the effort to doing this. 
Uh, do you ever think that it will take too much time? We all have the same number of hours, right? We all have the same amount of time given to us by God. Um, many of these are just, um, they just fall down to priority, right? What do you prioritize? I'm too busy. I just started a new job. I've got to focus on that. I'm in school. Um, I just had a baby. How can I memorize scripture? I just had my third kid, my fourth kid, maybe our fifth kid. How in the world am I supposed to sit down and memorize scripture? Or maybe you tried it before and it never really worked. Do you see the benefit? This person says, I don't see the benefit of working hard on that. If that is the mentality you have and you say that you're, you're a believer, come see me. Come talk with Chris. Come, come, we need to address what, it, what you really think it means to be regenerated and to be a new believer and to be a new creation in Christ. Um, if you don't see the benefit of memorizing Scripture and being in God's Word. Uh, I read the Bible every day. Why do I need to memorize it? Some of us are in that category. Um, where we think we read, um, but God says to hide His Word in, his heart, in your heart. I don't know what translation to use. I would say use any translation and go. <laughs> Run with it. <laughs> Run with it. Because you're not going to fail if, you're memorized. If, if your goal is to memorize Find a translation that, that works for you. Do some research. Uh, talk to Pastor Chris about what, what version is going to be the best uh, for you. Um, what is the most accurate word for word? What is the most accurate by certain ideas and phrases? Uh, but no matter what you choose, the point is that you take one and you start. You run. The gun goes off and you're off. And you don't look back. And you don't go through and say, well, this version, I just can't remember my scripture because this version is just not the right one for me. If you're in our group, you have a plethora of versions, and so you kind of learn. <laughs> There's like three different versions we've all that each one of us have memorized, not three each, <coughs> three total. And so we've heard it in, in, different, in different versions. Uh, I might become prideful. So <clears throat> I dealt with this today, or this last week as I was prepping my, my goal or my, my first intention was to come up here and recite chapters Matthew chapters 5, 6, and 7, right? And then I wrestled all week with, and I even asked some of you, like, hey, how do you think this would come across if I just recited the whole Sermon on the Mount? Would he come across as prideful? You know, that's like showing off. And some of you said, maybe. Some of you said, no. It would be an encouragement. And so I dealt with that, where it's like, if you, you think if you become, if you just memorize, and especially if you say it in front of other people, you're showing off, you're showing out, but how can hiding God's word in your heart make you prideful? It actually has the opposite effect, right? The more you're in God's word, the more you become humble. And so, I didn't want to do that this morning. Uh, I changed my mind and wanted to just teach on this instead. Uh, from this perspective. Um, number 10, I don't know how to do it. How many of you uh, have started to memorize and just kind of shotgun approach, right? I'm going to memorize uh, scriptures on lust, or I'm going to memorize scriptures on pride, so that way whenever I am tempted, then I can recall that verse and it will help me out with that temptation, and I can overcome that sin. 
Well then, let's say you're not tempted for a while, and then you just, it goes by the wayside. And then Satan knows when to reintroduce that to you and bring that thought back. And then you've forgotten what it is you memorized, and so therefore you give in to temptation. And then you start saying, well, I tried it before, but it didn't really work. You go back to number five. Then you become not interested, then you find reasons to not memorize. So some of us don't know how to do it. I want to share some quotes uh, from a few people. Just a couple, actually. Know, therefore, that you must be concerned not only about hearing, but also about learning and retaining it in memory. And do not think that it is optional with you or of no great importance, but that it is God's commandment who will require of you how you have heard learned and honored his word. It's Martin Luther from um, his large catechism. <clears throat> we honor God and his word by, by memorizing it. Next one. I know of no other single practice in the Christian life more rewarding, practically speaking, than memorizing scripture. No other single exercise pays greater spiritual dividends your prayer life will be strengthened, your witnessing will be sharper and much more effective. Your attitudes and outlook will begin to change. Your mind will become alert and observant. Your confidence and assurance will be enhanced. Your faith will be solidified. That's Charles Swindoll, um, growing strong in the seasons of life. Okay, so let's get very practical. Uh, go to the next slide, please. In my journey, of memorizing scripture, I've learned four things that I think are key to memorizing scripture. And then I'm going to offer you all and give you all a, uh, some just real quick resources to help you memorize. One, you got to have a plan. It's just, it's no different than anything else you set out to do, right? You have to have a plan. What is your reason for memorizing scripture? When, when the guys and I got together a year and a half ago, we said, okay, we have to have a plan. Um, the plan is that we're going to meet every Wednesday morning at 6.30, rain or shine, and we're going to show up. We're going to be there. We're physically going to be in a spot to where we will recite scripture and say it and uh, memorize. We had a plan as to what we were going to memorize. Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7 it actually started with just the Beatitudes because we had all those other excuses up on the wall. And it was like, uh, eight verses. Uh, well, I don't know. Some guys dropped out of our group. Because eight verses got a little tough. And so we, we plowed through. It was eight verses in. And then we said, you know what? This actually isn't that bad. One verse a week. How hard could that be? And we just added on and on. One a week. And then after about six months, we started adding two a week. But we had a plan. We knew exactly what we would memorize. We knew exactly the frequency that we would meet. And we knew that it would take practice away from that time uh, on our own throughout the week to do that. And I tell you what, in a year and a half, we've accomplished it. We've memorized five, six, and seven. But we honestly should have done it a lot quicker because a lot of us didn't study throughout the week. And I'm one of those. It was one of those where you're driving and you're listening to it and you're like, okay, I think I've got this one added for this week. Um, sometimes, you know, you're sick. Sometimes you don't show up. Sometimes you oversleep, whatever it may be. But we had a plan and we stuck to it. Second, repetition over time. You have to do it repeatedly over and over and over again. How many times, Mason, have we heard 
Matthew the first, blessed are the poor in spirit. Probably two or three hundred times. Uh, easily, maybe more. But you have to do it over and over again. You have to repeat what you've already learned. If you just add new stuff, you're not, it's not going to help. You have to constantly repeat the, the old things that you've memorized. Three, study. One of the other things that we do is we actually learn what those verses mean. So when we share with each other, we actually sit down and say, okay, what does this mean? What does it mean to be poor in spirit? What does it mean to be to mourn? What is, what, what are, what's the meaning of these verses? If Not just memorizing, but studying how those words you like. And then four, accountability. And that's kind of mentioned uh, with, with one. But you have to have people in your life. For me, this has just been my experience. Some of you probably do really well at memorizing on your own. I'm not one, I'm not one of you. Uh, accountability. I have to have men in my life. And even, as you saw last week, Caroline, even my children, hold me accountable. I have to have that. This isn't something that I've been doing all my life. This is something, honestly, fairly new within the last year and a half where I seriously buckled down and started memorizing. Um, and I had to have that accountability week after week after week. And I don't plan on us ending. That's the great thing. So I want to ask you a question. Will you today make a commitment to God to memorize his words that give life? You don't have to raise your hand. I'm not going to force you to do that. But I want you to ask yourself, can you commit to that? Or are you going to voice one of those ten reasons that work on the, up on the screens? One of those ten? Maybe one of those ten like, is really important to you. Maybe, maybe you're not like anybody else and you really just have too much going on and you, know, you still have the time. I encourage you to, um, to look that over and really evaluate what your priorities are. I had to do this. I still do it every day. I have to evaluate what my priorities are and whether or not I'm going to make God's word number one. Now remember, this is all not just for your own benefit, but it's for the benefit of others so you can be salt, so you can be light. There's a plan, right? You can't just say, oh, I'm salt, and then just go out and not have a plan. You can't just go out and say, I'm going to be a police officer, and just put on a uniform and walk out into the streets and, and just be a police officer. You can't do that. All those professions, you all know, and here's the thing is, you all know these things. You practice it because you are all those professional things that were up on the board. You know what it takes to have commitment. You know what it takes to make things a priority. And what I'm asking you is to make being salt and light a priority by way of memorizing scripture, by being God's word. It will change your life. It will change you. One more. Or not one more. Just need to leave If you need help and you're a digital person and you have to have your device, you have to have your phone, your iPad, your Android, whatever it is, man, there are many apps online to help you memorize scripture. There is a bunch of them there. Um, Wednesday mornings, if you're a guy and you want to make a commitment to, to meet with us at 6.30 on Wednesday mornings, I challenge you to be there. 
challenge you to make your priority, challenge you to get up early, challenge you to be there and uh, have fellowship with us. One-on-one -on -one discipleship. Um, just telling Colin, who, who's your Paul? Who's your Timothy? Who are you pouring into? Who's pouring into you? You need those relationships. You need to have those. Um, and scripture needs to be a part of that. Scripture memorization, I believe, needs to be a part of that. So, before we, we sing, I've actually asked a few people if they would come up and share what uh, memorizing scripture has done for them and how it's impacted them. Um, Mason, do you want to come up and then come up? Yeah, come on up. someone that it is wisdom 
and and it's yeah. it's a blessing that God gives us that when you're speaking to someone and you've been memorizing scripture, they are going to say something that triggers one of the words that you've been in one of the scriptures that you've been memorizing, and then you have the opportunity to not say, "Oh well, let me share with you how wise I am." It's a well, this is what God says about it, uh, and that allows us to to be humble uh, in that because it's not Mason's wisdom anyway. It's, it's God's wisdom. Uh, in the long term, discipline has been the biggest uh, benefiting factor for me. Uh, I don't. The longest thing I've ever uh, committed to has been a year long thing at Regen, and that for me was like terrifying. Uh, and so we've been doing this for a year and a half. And I think our culture is full of quick fix. I have a problem, I wanna Google it, I wanna jump on YouTube, I wanna fix it right now. But man, God has changed my mind on what it means to be a disciple and that's not it. Mm. Uh, I memorize one thing and then use it or I come to an issue and Google it and apply that three-step process to fix this problem. But it's been a year and a half continually saying blessed are the poor in spirit for there's the kingdom of heaven uh, and, and I just I encourage and I challenge you to say okay I'm not going to look out four years from now and say man that's such a long time uh, I don't know if I want to commit to doing something this long but just commit to a group of people uh, that maybe you want to challenge or you want to you be challenged by and then see how God impacts you over the long run. Because uh, it's been, I've been a Christian for 20 years, and this has been one of the most impactful full things in my life. So, thank you for sure. Uh, so, I've been, I don't remember when I started, August, September, July, somewhere early this year. Uh, the biggest thing that has stuck out to me, uh, probably the biggest impact this has had, if for any of you that know a little of what's going on in my life right now, my wife is chronically ill, dealing with things. I'm taking care of her, taking care of my kids, taking care of work, animals, all that. My, my capacity for anything outside of just maintaining life is very limited. Uh, and probably one of the, the biggest areas of sadness that I have in the last few years of dealing with that is the number of times that my kids have just set me off and they see me go from fine to you struck just the right nerve and now we're just uh, either losing my temper or raising my voice or just just not dealing with stuff in a healthy way, in a compassionate way, uh, over silly stuff. And if any of you have kids, you know that they can push buttons that we don't know that we have, and they find them, and they're really good at that. Uh, so, two parts of this story. Probably a couple weeks before this happened, uh, Jared had asked me, he's 10, he had asked me, uh, just said something about like, what if we get to heaven and God just 
tells us how good we did, or just like it goes through all the things we did, and basically something along the lines of like we get to heaven and God just tells us how good we did following Him, being a follower of Him. Um, and He just asked that. We talked briefly, talked about that. It's not really how it works. That's, uh, and then uh, a couple weeks later, Allison called me, and uh, I was driving home. I had to talk to Jeremy. We get home. He had done something. Uh, it wasn't supposed to. It was, it was innocuous. It wasn't bad in and of itself, except he wasn't supposed to, to do it. And not only did he go hide away and do this, he put Peyton, his six-year-old brother, on lookout. Uh, <laughs> and, and so I'm driving in the car. I just got to get home, lay down the law, do all of this. I just that initial reaction. Is, Why are we dealing with this? Uh, and this was in the midst of memorizing the middle of Matthew 5 uh, after the salt and the light and for the salt of the earth and the light of the world uh, Jesus says do not think that I came to abolish the law and the prophets I did not come to abolish them but to fulfill them for truly I say to you not even an iota not a dot shall fall from the law until all of these things have been fulfilled therefore Whoever ignores the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven, and whoever does them and teaches others shall be called great. For truly I say to you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and the Pharisees, you shall not enter the kingdom of heaven. And that shot to the forefront of my mind in time. So instead of going home and disciplining Jared and and raising my voice and trying to just through force try to get him to realize and, and just discipline him into submitting to the parents that the rules have laid down we had an hour long conversation going back to that how do we like God recognize our thing and being able to talk about whoever ignores the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same that's what he did. He, he ignored honoring his parents, and he taught Kate to do the same. He was a really bad example in that. And we sat there, and not only did we have this long conversation digging through scripture, I didn't need to pull out my Bible and say, okay, I think I remember this. I think, and so he not only got the example of using scripture to guide our lives, he got the example of memorizing scripture because I was able to walk him through that without needing to, to refer to it myself. The biggest thing that, that I've seen is when you're memorizing a lot of stuff, it becomes an earworm. And it's just there because you're, you're just locking it away. Uh, and it's just constantly at the forefront of your mind. It, it begins to guide decisions I didn't think through in that moment how can I use scripture to to deal with this with our kids. It was just there. It was it was subconscious. It was that anger was replaced with scripture and we had a really rich conversation instead of just don't do this again, go to your room, just let me cool down and then we'll figure out what your punishment is. That's, and that's not the only time that that's happened, but that was the, it was just the most glaring example to me of 
is this is the importance of it.
at Marie's, also known as the gym, over on Uncle Ronnie Crown back behind the Cadillac dealership. <laughs> yes, John. I'm a firm believer of memorizing because it's helped me help other women that, um, as you know, men tend to just one track things, but men, women's minds are all over the place. I'm talking in general, but you know, we have so many things going on in our minds that pull us away from the Lord. We have worries, we have anxiety, men do too, but to help um, women overcome the anxieties and the worries and children or whatever it might be, we need to know the difference between what Satan is putting in our minds, the lies that he tells us, versus the truth, God's truth. And God is the author of order, not of confusion. And many women find themselves confused by what they should do or comparing. It's endless. And so finding ways to know God's promises, to recall in your mind those verses that combat the lies makes a whole big difference in a person's life. That you can be at peace, you have order in your mind, and that's how I know. The minute I think, oh, I'm getting confused. Okay, what if God told me in his word the promises and I have to go over and review those verses in my mind, those passages that tell me, no, I'm right scripture, I'm definitely repeating what everyone else says, you always find it applicable. But one thing I find very helpful is if I get upset about something or I'm stressed out, and it's not just like little verses, it's those long passages when I memorize them and I recall them, it kind of gets my mind off of that upset, worrying, freaking out track and to actually like kind of step back and then see more clearly, oh, and there's some really cool like stuff that goes on in your brain with that of like you can only think about really one thing at a time and so um, I find it very helpful for that to to get out of the mode of worrying about this thing and ruminating on it or how come I'm upset at this person or mad about that situation instead I focus on the verse and as I'm working through it and it's multiple verses that's that whole process of recalling it calms me down and I think, oh, well, I'm supposed to be kind to this person. I'm supposed to not lie to people and um, to have thankfulness in my heart and all those things. So that's um, that's another, it's just straight up brain chemistry. It helps. Yes.
yeah, there are tools available. You can come see me. Yeah. Tools available to do that. There's systematic ways of doing that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Casey. Um, I got to leave worship with a few friends of mine for a kids' camp, like a vacation Bible school. Um, this was like four or five years ago. And I, the songs that we were doing were very cheesy. I was not very excited about it. Um, and afterward, I was singing the songs because they were stuck in my head as children's songs that this random church had written um, that we found on some music app. But basically, they were all scripture-based. And so word for word, without deviating from whatever translation they were using, it was word for word from the Bible exactly what scripture said. Um, and I still, to this day, wake up singing some of the songs um, and doing the hand motions and, like, I don't have kids. I don't have a reason to be listening to children's music, but besides the fact that it helps me memorize scripture, um, so I'd say, if anything, that's been most encouraging to me because I also get really overwhelmed with scripture. So, listening to the songs, whether you have kids or not, um, sometimes I'm driving and I'll be listening to the songs, um, and it's just really encouraging. And then when stuff comes up, like when, uh, like Mason said, when something's happening in church and like they're reading scripture, and you're able to follow along in your head, or you're able to like mouth the next line, that is so encouraging. So. Someone back there. That was pretty much exactly what I was going to say. We raise our hands about the same moment, but one of the things that we do is that we play Family Seat Worship, I think that's the name of the band, but it's pretty much just all scriptural based, and it's designed for kids. Well, we're playing it thinking, Lee and I just want to pick up on it, but we as parents are the ones that actually pick up on it and say, oh, hey, yeah, I know exactly what this this song is, and you could say the entire song just with the chord being played. So I know for us that's really encouraging because we're, sometimes it's like, oh, it's this song again? Ah, oh, I'm getting tired of hearing this, and I was like, yes, but you know it. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually the same group that I was talking about, so yeah, that's crazy. There's a lot of brain research that goes along with that. Music and active motion with the words helps you remember it. It it goes together. That's just from my education background. That's why we do that. That's why we teach the children the hand motions. That's why we put the alphabet and the numbers and the scriptures we want them to remember to music. It locks in your it locks in your in your in your body, in your brain. You won't forget it. You won't. Yes, Victor. Do you have something good for us? In Spanish. <laughs> no, I tiny. <laughs>
<laughs> Thank you all for listening. I really do appreciate it. I know there's a lot of grace um, in, in listening and learning and hearing from one another. And we are to be graceful with one another, full of grace, full of mercy. And so I pray that that's going to be our attitude towards worship this morning, that we would be full of grace and mercy. Uh, as we sing about our God. So would you pray, pray with me? Father, thank you so much uh, for who you are, for being good, for being wonderful, for being merciful. Father, for not giving us what we deserve. But we have the opportunity, Father, every day to spend time with you, to sit in your lap, and to listen. Just as Christ did. Everything he said came from you. Everything he did was directed by you. Lord, I ask that our worship this morning would be pleasing to you as we lift up the name of Jesus. It's in that powerful name that we pray. Joel, stay in if you sing again.